This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That intro demands a nickname, Jasper. I can't give the intro without a nickname. <laughs> Hello! No, Flames. no. It's this me. is part two of the grubble, really William wild Cartwright, discussion. And I am joined. Today I refuse to by... say my name. They know my name. If you're listening to part two, what are you doing listening to part two of a discussion? If you haven't even listened, if if you've never listened to Three Black Halflings before, or and part decided, one, very specifically, if you haven't yes. listened to part one, I mean, look, you can go listen to part one. At least there will be an intro. It's part two, <laughs> folks. It's part two. At least start with, if you've never listened to Three Black Halflings before, go start with another episode. Go start with the previous episode and yeah. then listen to this episode this is yeah. the only time we're going to recommend that you do that because we you need the context honestly you really yeah. do need the context so you don't get to hear my name <laughs> his name is jeremy cobb everyone here's part two of the monk deep dive with james mendes that's not my name that's not my name they call me jeremy okay <laughs> oh my god this is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Should we talk about the first thing here, the martial arts? Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Jasper, do you want to do you want to read this one? I will, yeah. So at first level, your practice of martial arts gives you mastery of combat styles that use unarmed strikes and monk weapons. And so, like, after having this conversation, like, even saying monk weapons, like, yeah, what in the stupid. hell? Is that, like, a cross on some beads? There's like, no that's fighter genuinely... weapon or barbarian weapon or rogue weapon, but there have yeah. to be monk weapons. Yeah, like, we the idea that, like, a dagger is not a rogue weapon, it's just a dagger, but if it ha- it's a monk weapon? Uh, it is so strange. Um, I do not By the understand way, what what uh, like I, I do not understand the concept of monk weapons at all. But this all. is the thing, it gets even it gets even more wild because it says uh, and monk weapons which are just short swords and any simple weapon that doesn't have the two-handed or heavy property. Oh, why melee not just weapon, say though. no ranged weapons. You can't Yeah, be yeah using but why not weapons? just say it's like you can you uh, mastery of combat styles that with use unarmed strikes and short swords with simple melee weapons uh, that don't have. Do you know what I mean? It seems so yeah. weird to make so, that specification that they yeah, are monk it's like weapons. There's, so there's <laughs> this game has classes and then it has weapon proficiencies and then it has a separate list of monk weapons. So this is like in America when you get a prescription for a medicine and then you try to get it and then your insurance is like, no, you need a prior authorization, which is an extra special additional prescription. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so unnecessary. It's like, do they re- like, 
if you look at actual Asian history, like if any of all these different countries, you're telling me that these countries don't all have versions of all of these weapons. Like there's Literally. only so many variations on a weapon you can have. There's a pointy, yeah. there's a stick with a pointy thing on the end. There's a, mm-hmm. a sword, which is like a short stick with a long pointy thing. There's mm-hmm. a, a stick with a heavy pointy thing, like an ax that you have to yep. chop with. Uh, and then you have a stick with a heavy blunt thing on the end. That's basically what we're right. looking at. And all of these things exist in virtually every culture that's what I mean. like, g- yeah generally everyone progressed through uh you know human evolution and developed yeah. si- very similar things because they were very useful and effective tools right. nearly everyone, everyone gets spears. to the yeah exactly yes. everyone gets to the end point at some point it's just some people tend to get there a bit quicker and then because of that they dominate for a little while until someone else comes up with a new thing that, but that, that's effectively it do you know what also, i mean James, like, yeah. correct me if i'm wrong here uh katanas are relatively on the heavy side for mm. swords of their size, right? Like they're not like light swords that you're running around with. Like how people no. be like, oh, it's like the super light sword. It's so fast. Yeah, that you balance on your finger and the hilt and that, yeah, that's the, right. that's the thing I was like, take away from the, yeah, when I think of katanas so, in the movies. Um, so with uh, with katana, even if the even if you make a katana that's relatively light, the feel of the weapon is pretty heavy because of where the balance is on it. Mm. Um, mm. so, uh, a, for example, comparing a katana to, uh, like a European longsword or arming sword, uh, the European sword, uh, will more likely have the, the center of mass on the sword closer to the cross guard. So mm. it's actually a little bit easier to do one handed spinny whippy things with a Western longsword, even if it's a little huh. bit heavier than with a katana oh, wow. with Japanese swords, the center of the center of mass of the weapon is going to be further up the blade. So even a lighter mm. Japanese longsword is going to have a heavier feel when you're actually wielding it. Yeah. Mm. Well, the thing is, I, I, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is even just from a logical standpoint, surely most slashing weapons will require weight to be in a certain place because you need the weight of the weapon to actually like carry through an object or into an object. Like you couldn't use like a rapier as like an effective like cutting weapon, like as in like to go through a thing or to like hit and, you know, because it just doesn't have the, the yeah, weight. You'd effectively just be like, yeah. like, like slapping something. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, that's right. why a it's a stabbing a weapon. Is- Right. A rapier is quite like a like a classical a rapier that was actually built to like be used to stab people is quite Sorry, heavy. Yeah, again, I mean, but, uh, the d no, 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 version. But, no, like, no, but, I, but I agree. <laughs> but but um, it's, it's still because of the way the weight is distributed along the blade. It's not going to have that kind of heft to be able to like, you know, knock someone out by hitting them in the side of the helmet with it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you swing a like a, a big two handed sword at someone, even if it doesn't actually cut them, you have a decent chance of just knocking them out with the weight. Yeah, um, if you give them like a knock on the side of their helmet. Um, but yeah, like uh, a katana is, well, I mean, it's not, I guess it is kind of a monk weapon, but for like a very different understanding of what a monk is than <laughs> yeah. the one in D&D. But, but this yeah, is the joke, is that like, it's, that's not a monk weapon. <laughs> like right. uh, uh, katanas yeah. definitely are not included in that list. <laughs> like not <Right>. even close. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so there's the, the like, you need a prescription and prior authorization problem of having proficiencies and then also monk weapons, which yeah. is just wild. Yeah. Um, there's the the monk's weird monopoly on uh, on unarmed combat. And then the idea that the idea that the thing tying these these things together is uh, this conception of martial arts in scare quotes um, where the the only thing 
that actually unites these things isn't it isn't actually being martial arts it's this kind of vague asianness mm. yeah. yeah yeah and it's 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 so odd to me how this is still so like it's just it, it's so normal that this is uh, that this is out there this is a thing like i i feel like with most with a lot of other like if there was something like was so clearly just vaguely african like a vaguely african class mm-hmm. i feel i don't know it it just seems really weird, odd to me right? that this it would be super weird and i feel like we would not we would not be it would be something that would be would have been called out a while ago but i definitely right. feel like we are very far behind when we're talking about like just very casual orientalism in western like culture you know and and, like to the point where like i still see stuff now and catch myself now and i'm like wow i really need to like update myself on that particular thing because it's it's still so prevalent like it's still everywhere uh Mm -hmm. like to a to a shocking degree and this i think is a pretty classic example of where it's just like it's just it's just so unbelievably vague, the perception of this really huge and incredibly diverse place is just being inherently boiled down to like one thing or one person or one. You also know. specifically East Asia. I think mm. that's also worth saying because there was all, yeah. there's a whole big old continent there. Yeah. Most of like, yeah. a, like a huge portion of which we're just basically ignoring. I think most of which we're ignoring. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What other uh, what other benefits, Jasper? Uh, what are the <sighs> benefits for uh, being unarmed or only wielding monk weapons and not wearing armor or wearing a shield? So, if you are not doing any of those things, um, uh, you can use dexterity instead of strength for attack and damage rolls of your unarmed strikes and monk weapons. Uh, you can roll a d4 in place of normal damage for your uh, unarmed strike or monk weapons. Uh, this die changes as you gain monk levels, as shown on the martial arts column of the monk table. I, it's it, I'm really hard to say monk now. <laughs> like it's just used so heavy-handedly. The, the monk has a whole class is like you know that effect you get and there's a name for it but i forget what it is when you look at a word so many times that it stops looking like a hundred percent monk the the whole class is that (laughs) yeah 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 i think it's only about to get worse uh when you use an attack action with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon on your turn you can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action for example if you take an attack action and attack with a quarter staff you can use an unarmed strike as a bonus action assuming that you haven't already taken a bonus action this turn uh once again absolutely wild that a monk can attack with a uh, court staff then punch something but a fighter cannot it is just right, the, yeah. a fighter with a, with a rapier or a short sword can't do that it's bonkers right. <laughs> if i'm a fighter and i knock someone down with my weapon i then cannot kick him when he's down <laughs> yes. i have no idea how to do that you gotta wait a full six seconds until you can do it. <laughs> like you just gotta stand yeah. there over them for six seconds. You're wearing uh, full plate armor. My middle boots. Very well. No yeah, idea exactly. what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm stumped. Um, I actually have a mechanical thing to throw out here. I do mm. not like how low damage the monk is. Yeah. Especially for how uh, low their de- their uh, HP die is. The fact yeah. that they're using their hit die is only a D8. The fact that we're starting with a D4, if you work to pick a fighter and as of Tasha, the release of Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, take the unarmed fighting style, you could start with a D8. 
at mm-hmm. level i think it's at least a d6 and i think if you can also be like a d8 at no level i think it's a d8 because i i have spent a long time uh for an upcoming uh mini series that we we're doing trying to make an optimized unarmed fighter and i mm-hmm. went through i ran the gamut on trying to up this and, and like boost it and it's really really tricky especially with the monk because there are so many uh like halt like loopholes and things which you just can't do or you don't have access to which kind of brings me on to one of my biggest gripes generally when we come to mechanics uh, w- uh, with classes, which is that I really, really dislike it when they feel the need to take stuff away from you in order to fit you into a certain type of thing. They've definitely done it a lot less in like more recent subclasses and classes and stuff, but there's so many iterations of just like, um, because you are this, you can't do that. Uh, and it just seems so weird to me to specify that you can't do something. So basically, if you want to play a monk and you want to be in any way mechanically viable, you literally cannot have strength. You, you well, there's no point in having strength. Uh, you have to punch stuff, uh, or and or use a, a really small list of monk weapons. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't use a shield. You can't use armor. Do you know what I mean? It just it, it yeah. feels so reductive and less fun. You have to have high fun. wisdom and high decks. You have to have high wisdom and high decks, and it's just like monk. you're just limiting a player's ability to actually flavor things. And for me, I don't think it really unbalances the game, especially you know, you, like you said, you've got rogues out here slinging sneak attacks every round. You can't tell me that upping the monk's damage and giving them access to a couple, you know, some like light, yeah. light armor would really unbalance uh, it that much. It like, should start yeah. as a, it should if it's going to do what it does, it should start at a d6, mm. uh, and instead of a d4, it should go to a d6. It should start at a d6, then go to a d8 at level five when in real in real life it goes to a d6 at level 5 then at 11th level it should go to a d10 so it's not until level 5 that you get a d6 yeah that's Uh, so bad and then that 17th level goes to a d10 that should be a d12 yeah, you should be yeah, able to yeah. be slinging. And this is actually one positive thing I will say uh, that I had not realized until I was playing Dennis Colespring, the titular hey. black halfling after which this channel uh, is, or not this channel, this podcast <laughs> is named, uh, who is a monk. We don't he, have our own broadcast uh, channel yet, Jeremy. It'll, it's yeah. coming, but it's not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Three black halflings broadcasting. Yeah. Um, the your we- your monk weapons actually get stronger as you do. I actually really like that. Uh, sure. Because it's it's specifies you can um you can roll a d4 you roll your monk damage die in place of the normal damage of your unarmed strike or monk weapon so you could mm. be slinging d10 daggers uh which that's i actually cool. i think that's pretty cool that but is I, one I, thing I, that i, I, will I think that's but th- but i think going back to james's point though as well like that feels like mm. mechanically you're telling me that an elite assassin like someone who is trained in the ways of death still only slings a d4 when they attack with a dagger like that's <laughs> wild you know what i mean well, if, not if like, you're not if you're a rogue and you have sneak attack but that's what I'm saying. But like, you only get that once yeah. per turn. So uh, literally, you can do a you yeah. can do devastating amounts of damage on one attack, and the next attack, you just forget how to hurt people. You you yeah. do like At you this could point, literally. Jasper, it's sounding like you're complaining about the existence of character classes, uh, like specialized <laughs> character classes. I at am. All. Throw like, it why all does out. the rogue have sneak attack? Why can't they sneak attack on every turn? In fact, why can only no, the no, rogue no, no, sneak no, no, attack? No, why no, can't no, 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 no,
<laughs> I'm definitely just making the point that I think that that is, again, something that I feel like could be accessible to other classes. Like the idea that you could scale like a dagger, for yeah. instance, to do just a little bit more damage than, uh, than a D4 uh, plus your modifier if you've already used sneak attack as a rogue. Like that just, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that'd be fine. But I think I think you you have hit on something like with the, oh, are you just complaining about classes, though? I think there is some there is actually something there because a lot of the problems that we're highlighting with the monk are mechanical connected to other things which we could also easily complain about and then the justification for those things is mechanically connected to other things which aren't really derived from reality they're derived from this his this um the internal traditions of D or the internal uh like creative e- expectations that D players have after um five editions that are really hard to work around because mm. um there are so many weird contingencies yeah. Uh, we are now on to uh, your favorite subject, uh, yes. James. It's key ah, points. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you want to read the key points, Jeremy? And then, I'd love to. Uh, and then, or, or James, yeah, you, Jeremy, or, you go. And yeah? then, James, yeah. you tell us uh, what all of the crazy things that they got wrong. Uh, yeah. oh, every, yes. every single piece of this ability makes no sense in an actual historical yes. context. Um, yeah. So, key. This is the this is the fundamental, I guess, monk thing. It's the cornerstone ability. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. the cornerstone ability of the monk. Uh, uh, it's the key to oh my gosh it's, <laughs> it's the key to all their abilities uh, have a good night everybody um, yeah. so starting at second level your training allows you to harness the mystic energy of key essentially you uh, I'm, I'm just going to read it uh, for, well, I'm going to read this verbatim your access to this energy is represented by a number of key points uh, your monk level determines the number of points you have as shown in the key points ta- column of the monk table uh, I think you basically have a, a number of key points equal to your uh, character level so start you start with two and then it just goes up uh, to 20 a max of 20 at level 20 Mm. Uh, you can spend these points to view various key features you start knowing three such features flurry of blows patient defense and step of the wind you learn more key features as you gain levels in this class when you spend a key point it is unavailable until you finish a short or long rest at the end of which you draw all of your expended key back into yourself you must spend at least 30 minutes of the rest meditating to regain your key points Uh, a piece of flavor that I have truly never paid attention to. Nope. I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> Never some of your key features require you make uh, your target to make a saving throw to resist to resist the features effects, which is uh, essentially eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your wisdom modifier. So they just said you start with flurry of blows, patient defense and step of the wind uh, flurry of blows. Uh, immediately after you take the attack action on your turn, you can spend one key point to take two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. So you automatically have the one unarmed strike as a bonus action. If you mm-hmm. use the attack action, this you can spend a key point and up that to two attacks or you can use your. Uh, bonus action uh, with step with patient defense. You can spend one key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action on your turn. Um, I don't think they should be tied to key personally. Uh, I think a lot of this shouldn't be tied to key. Uh, And then there's finally step of the wind, which basically gives you um, the rogue cunning. uh, What is it? Cunning something. I can't even remember the name of it. It's cunning Cunning action. Cunning Cunning action. action. Thank you. Uh, Cunning action. The rogue's cunning action. You spend one key point to give yourself the ability to take the disengage or dash action as a bonus action on your turn and your jump distance is doubled for the turn so you do get key and power jumps hey there you um, go yeah Don't so need 
I like those abilities. I just don't think that they should be tied to one specific thing. I think they should just be something the the, the monk gets. Uh, mm. But James, please Take tell us. Please <laughs> fill us in to the actual what what they're actually pulling from uh, in, right. in real life for this ability. So uh, so key uh, literally translates as breath. Um, you could also maybe translate it as spirit in the sense that the word spirit is also derived from a Latin root uh, that, that means breath. But you can trace key as an idea back to Vedic medicine uh, coming from South Asia, uh, where in Sanskrit is referred to as prana. Um, and it refers both to the literal breath in your body and to um, – uh, different kinds of spiritual vitality, which are understood as being uh, intimately connected to breath uh, and also other body systems. But uh, breath is kind of where it starts and ends. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, so the idea of prana in Vedic medicine uh, is analogous to uh, and also influenced uh, an idea in traditional Chinese medicine uh, of breath uh, in, in Chinese uh, or in Mandarin, uh, uh, key is pronounced qi with a with a falling tone, and there's a whole complicated medical system uh, involving uh, how breath relates to other body functions, uh, to different organs and uh, you know fluids and humors, as well as to uh, certain athletic abilities. Um, in various kinds of martial arts, um, none of which are necessarily monastic like everyone does them in various kinds of martial arts uh throughout south and east asia um uh different martial concepts how to do certain moves uh all of these uh all these different physical things that you're doing are expressed in terms of these medical concepts uh that were present in uh east and south asian medicine um but the idea of the idea of ki or chi uh, in Mandarin or prana in Sanskrit uh, starts and ends with your literal breathing. Mm. Um, then if we look at the if we don't just look at how these things come up in. So in, in martial arts, uh, I do actually talk about uh, ki and breath and stuff when I'm trying to teach people things, mm. uh, not because I think that uh, ki is necessarily like literally scientifically real. Uh, it's not that. Um, the point is that it's a a model of how the body works and how athleticism works that allows you to understand how to put how to um, uh, sense your enemy's movements and intentions and to put a lot of power into a strike. Like thinking about breathing and then breath turning into like ATP and ox and like oxidizing your blood and and everything <laughs> doesn't really help me if I'm trying mm. to teach you how to punch someone so hard they fall down, mm. but expressing it as breath traveling from my center of mass through uh, these networks in my body out through my fist into my opponent's face. That is something that might be a helpful thing to visualize. Yes. But martial artists don't think of these things as scientifically real any more than like Niels Bohr's model of the atom with the ball in the middle and then the, the ellipses going around it any mm-hmm. more than that's necessarily what an atom actually is. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's very, very useful for that. Um, and then there's also uh, uh, so key is is understood as flowing through the body in these meridians uh, along uh, these pathways that are related to your nerves and muscles and various other things. Um, and then there are certain vital points on those meridians where um, 
uh, if they're uh, interacted with in certain ways, they can have either helpful or harmful effects. So like there's acupressure points where you could massage someone mm. or put pressure on or put in a pin um, where they would have like positive effects. Um, and some of these are well known outside of traditional traditional Chinese medicine, like the the trick of pressing on the inside of your wrist to alleviate uh, motion sickness. Uh, or nausea, for example. I did not know that. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um, uh, so so. Some of these are uh, are known outside of traditional Chinese medicine, and uh, it's it's off. Whenever you talk about these things, uh, someone is likely to come up with like, "Oh yeah, but that's alternative medicine. That's not real medicine." And like, it's not that. Like, I'm not even getting into, like, the depths of traditional Chinese or Vedic medicine. I'm not trying to argue for or against that. Um, But if the idea that, like, um, someone touching your body in a certain way might make you feel better, if that seems like alternative medicine to you, then I I think you need to make some friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, get a hug. Get a hug, my yeah. dude, and tell me that doesn't make you feel better. Like <laughs> this entire quackery, this hugging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't even get me started on kissing. <laughs> exactly. And then, from an offensive perspective, um, these pressure points, which it doesn't even matter whether they actually disrupt the flow of breath in your body or not. It's just really useful to be able to say to someone, "Okay, in this technique, uh, you dodge the punch and then you strike them in butsumetsu and then in ashi." Um, and then Shichibatsu. And then Mm. if I tell that to someone, um, then they know where to hit a guy. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, there's a teacher in our school, uh, who is quadriplegic. So he can't demonstrate any of the moves that he wants you to do. And when he does martial arts, it doesn't look anything like when anybody else does it because you're not ramming people with your wheelchair, but he is. Um, but mm. he can still teach uh, people who are not quadriplegic to do moves by describing them using the vocabulary for stances and pressure points. And it's very, very useful. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so, so Keek does actually relate to uh, martial arts in the sense that um, – uh, key is part of a medical system, which uh, people who were inventing martial arts hundreds of years ago um, were using to understand the world around them. And their mm. understanding was like imperfect by the standards of modern medicine, but um, it's they still got a lot of utility out of it. But these ideas of, of what key does are um, they have a cultural and a medical grounding, which isn't really represented anywhere in D&D. Because I think even because I I feel like I mean this is like a this is giving a lot of grace uh, I think on on my part but like like even the 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 most remote kind of thing or uh, uh, thing that's even kind of kind of close to that in terms of the D and D thing is like maybe like stunning strike or something like understanding mm-hmm. yeah, medically where to hit someone like even yeah. then I'm like that is extremely tenuous but that's like mm-hmm. the only thing is even in the same ballpark when it comes to the right. the monk and what these key points do right um so so i think that where the the idea of key that we ended up with in DD comes from uh we do see key or chi uh used in chinese and japanese martial fiction for example mm. and uh you know for me like even being a stodgy cultural consultant um uh, drawing on drawing on a culture's own like fictional representations of itself like that's a that's a great thing to mm. to draw on um, I don't mm. need everything to be realistic. And if things are unrealistic in ways that are inspired by 
you know, certain kinds of fiction. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so if you read a book like, say, uh, like Legend of the Condor Heroes by Jin Young, um, then there are these stories about um, people using Taoist methods to cultivate uh, to cultivate their inner strength uh, and, and their chi in order to perform athletic and martial and sometimes even magical feats. So that makes sense to me, but that's not what's happening in D&D. You're just getting mm. a bigger battery of points, which you can yeah. use to jump really far as you level up, um, which is like fine, I guess. It's just not remotely as cool. And then also it means that the even if you want to make uh, a monk who's not uh, like culturally Asian, like if I want to make a capoeira player or a luchador mm. uh, using the monk rules, then I'm still stuck with this like key battery thing, which is um, like thematically uh, and and even like fictionally like unrelated to mm-hmm. the stuff that I'm actually doing. And even key in its uh, even as it is used in D&D is just uh, kind of whitewashed of all of the cool connections to Chinese medicine and Taoism mm, mm. and uh, like, uh, you know, Japanese uh, healing traditions mm-hmm. um, uh, or like the the certain aspects of like actual monastic practice, like like Shingon Buddhist monks uh, doing weird hand symbols in the mountains and stuff like mm. all of that stuff has just been like filed has been filed away and I understand why you might want to make a character class less coded as a certain ethnicity, but this character class is heavily coded as a certain ethnicity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah. we're in that kind of space yeah, where yeah. it's it's not satisfying from either perspective. And then uh, you'd have to like, also think it's key just, points essentially, like in your game, uh, just for your character. Oh, they're like I, I, they're I feel like key points. They're power points. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, right, I feel yeah. like even uh, like flavoring it as breath, like because mm-hmm. like breath is such an integral part of like if anyone has done anything physically in their entire life, like yeah. if anyone's any, alive, any good, yeah, yeah, but like yeah, <laughs> but like any good coach or mentor or anything in any kind of physical practice that you do, the first thing that they will get you to do is figure out how to breathe like appropriately and properly uh, when you do it, even down to like acting. Do you know what I mean? I, the, mm-hmm. the, the amount of classes that I take where they are like where like to access the emotion in your body and to you know to to connect to that moment like you need to breathe you need to find the like the breathing pattern that suits the moment and like so like i feel like that and that is like throughout all of humanity you know if it was something like breath where maybe you were saying that you are taking you basically like take a moment to kind of like uh um like center yourself yourself kind of thing to then perform a feat and maybe that requires like a lot of focus or a lot of like uh physical exertion like after the moment yeah like focus Mm -hmm. points right and and therefore you then find yourself tired or whatever after what which is why you can't repeat the feat like all the time even that immediately just takes away any cultural signifiers for me which i feel like every culture would be able i feel yeah. like you could easily have like a cap like a you know a, a capoeira style monk or a, right. you know what i mean you could easily flavor it in that way because i guarantee you in capoeira there is so much about breath and like yeah, probably exactly. breathing in like you know then it's flow in, then it becomes exactly like flow, flow and all of that kind of stuff absolutely yeah right yeah so, so you know if i'm there's also the element of it's always weird when there's one random obscure foreign word used yeah. in an otherwise English text. Yeah. Um, like if you're talking about, 
it's a little bit weird, for example, that like you would use the word knight to talk about a German, Spanish or British, uh, you know, noble armored fighter. Um, mm-hmm. But you wouldn't necessarily use knight to refer to, uh, say, an Indian Kshatriya or a Japanese samurai, um, mm-hmm. even though they're an, you know, an, an armed armored fighter from a noble class who like probably owns a horse mm-hmm. um, it has specific like armor that, that like is associated with their. Uh, with the right, exactly. Yeah, class, so, so the fact that you're suddenly switching into the Asian tongue to refer to the kshatriya or the samurai feels a little orientalist. And then there's mm. the same thing going on with key. Um, if it's just breath, why don't we just call it breath? Breath, and yeah. And then we have all of the advantages of the thing that you just said. <clears throat> yeah. So I always, and this is something that I've been doing like as far back as I've been playing 5e. I, I, like I remember doing this back during uh like when it was just D next in the play test and i was you know i'd i'd make a monk and then i'd get to key and i'd be like uh, and i just called it breath because mm-hmm. i thought that sounded like it sounded cooler and mm-hmm. wasn't weirdly orientalist uh another idea that uh i floated in my uh, asian representation in the martial arts or maybe it was another article that i did this first was the idea of changing uh another option you might have is to change key to match like a culturally specific uh concept mm -hmm. Mm. right and then that has that also has like other interesting implications so like in a west african or brazilian context um if you're a you know if you're a martial artist from nigeria or brazil um and you do uh, capoeira or you do uh dambe or something like that then maybe you're going to call it ashe um, or maybe if you are a Polynesian martial artist, you do Lua or Maurakao, then you might call it Mana. Um, mm. and there are, um, uh, you know, obviously this is a choice for individual monks, not something that I'd want to see applied to the whole game, but then there's other interesting concepts, uh, that are involved there in terms of like, well, Mana is like kind of a magical concept, but then it's also related to your, uh, social cachet. Mm. And to where you stand in your community. So what does mm. that mean if you're you're calling what other monks might call key or something or breath? If what what does it mean if you're calling it mana? If you're um or in a Brazilian context, Ashe has uh has magical connections and there's connections to you know to the earth and traditional root work and so forth. So what does it mean for the capoeira player that uh you're drawing on your Ashe pool? Um, oh, that see that just like okay. automatically as soon as you've said that makes it, the monk feel like so much more versatile as a mm-hmm. uh, a character which you could really make feel like so unique you know like you mm-hmm. could absolutely I feel like sit down with your DM in like half an hour work out some uh, you know like one little bonus right where like if you are uh, within uh, a certain place or you're like near people <laughs> from your community you know you are able to regain some mana or do you know what I mean like I feel like there's yeah. so many ways that mm-hmm. you could then make that like a, a like a mechanical bonus and I really like mind that thing to make Instead it feel of meditating more... for 30 minutes. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> when we think about D&D and the thickness, the dummy thickness of these books, you know, and how much yeah. and how many more. books there are. Yeah. 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 But then we get to the monk and it's just like mystic force. Like that's it's it. So it's so vague. It's so weird yeah. to me when you've got like literally like reels and reels and reels of like lore about gods and their like individual squabbles from like a thousand mm-hmm. years ago which you definitely won't include in your pantheon or whatever 
yet right. the, one of the core classes of the whole game just gets stuck with mystical force energy right. kind of body, but not, right. but is, but is chlorians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, it's, yeah <laughs> it's exactly like, it's like there's this concept from Asian medicine, which it could be cool if you went into it, but monks don't even get medicine as a proficiency option. Yeah, that's true. Wild. You can't even get medicine as a proficiency, which and I think we, we've had this. I think we might have even had this this discussion before, James, in the previous episode that we did. And I definitely know I've seen uh, similar things said and we've said similar things, which is like it's a vagary in certain mm-hmm. areas. Like it almost feels like purposeful vagary in certain areas where it gets into a real place of stickiness where you go like, but it feels like you're it's it you've shown that it's not a lack of willingness to put in effort because you've put in so much effort in almost every other area it is purely when it comes to you know certain areas where there just seems to be a complete abandonment of effort to you know mine something because i think the point you're making right is it's it's not that the monk shouldn't be here or that these things shouldn't be abilities within the game it's purely that they are really cool but they deserve to be treated in a way that is you know um even just to increase how cool it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. hamstrung by how vague it is currently. Every, yeah, everything about the monk is half-assed. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean, don't even get me way out. Start I'm just asking for elements. people to... Right. <laughs> Talking about half-assed. I'm just I mean, asking so... for people to whole-ass something. <laughs> yeah, please, just whole-ass. You don't have to whole-ass everything. Pick both something to whole-ass. Give me the both cheeks and a crack, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Imagine what we could get. the internal plumbing. Just the, just the, the facade. <laughs> just, yeah. just that, you know. And if you could mm-hmm. throw on a nice pair of jeans, like, fun, <laughs> yeah. I'm really, that'd be great. But we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll leave and the jeans for now. It's also just, yeah, and it's weird that the monk fights you if, I mean, no pun intended. No, never mind, but I'm going to pretend I intended that pun. It's weird that the monk fights you only using unarmed weapons, unarmed strikes and monk weapons. Mm. If you try to make other kinds of fighting monks other than, like, uh, a Shaolin monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it even fights you if you try to make a Shaolin monk. If you wanted to have, like, the signature I mean. weapon of Shaolin, yeah. the monk staff, like, it, no, you can't have a weapon that big and heavy. But if you wanted to make, like, a European monk... Uh, who was defending monasteries after the Clooney reforms in like 900 something. You couldn't do that. You can't yeah. have those weapons. If you wanted to make a Japanese, uh, like a, a Yamabushi, um, uh, if, like the, if you're the fighting kind of Yamabushi, you, you can't do that. You can't have armor. You can't like, uh, you can't do that kind of magic. Uh, if you wanted to make a Sohei, um, who's fighting for like the eco Iki or for another, uh, monastic, uh, another monastic tradition. No, you can't have armor and an arquebus and a horse and a glaive. No, you don't have, uh, you have to pick oh, some a monk with weird... a glaive. Yes, please. Yeah. That would be <laughs> so yeah. sick. Like a 10 right? foot reach on a monk with a glaive. Oh, yes. come on. That'd be so, so cool. sick. It'd be so cool. Right. As it stands, the spear is the only really good monk weapon. And it's not really mm-hmm. that good, but it's it's it gives you a D8 right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just you just use a spear up until like you're up until you have big enough dice in. Yeah. Uh, in in martial art in, in martial arts that you can just have fists and knives. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's kind of stupid. I mean, yeah, mm. I like spears. I do like spears, but 
I mean, I like them for everybody. But I think that, but then this goes, this goes into the whole argument, which is like I said about when you restrict stuff, you just limit the possibilities completely. So like Mm -hmm. the idea that if you want to be again, mechanically viable, you basically have a spear. That's the only option that you have short of then saying to your DM, like, Hey, look, is there anything we can do? Uh, And what, like, honestly, Jeremy, how I, I think I made eight characters for the upcoming uh, uh, mini arc we're doing because I was trying to find an optimized hand like like uh, hand to hand fighter and it was mm. so hard because the, the the monk is so hamstrung by yeah. these things it was actually easier for me to do it like make a barbarian or a fighter and give them some of the new ta- like the new Tasha's feet instead of trying to make a monk and, and all of this is like it, th- there's no way to make someone who's good at grappling right because the 5e oh, grappling rules so, just don't yeah that really annoys me. There should be <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy just got like been, genuinely I've so incensed. Here, <laughs> I've been like, I've been getting into watching and following uh, MMA a teensy bit recently. And mm-hmm. like the Ooh. fact that there's no like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or just general like grappling, like a wrestling based subclass where it's like, oh, yeah, you could put people in holds. It's all right there, too. Like you can it's basically you can essentially have like. Uh, if your abilities are grapple based, it can be like, oh, you can use this to make them go prone. Uh, you can use this to give them they have to make a save and they can go they can get disadvantage on this. Like essentially like mm-hmm. the equivalent of like an arm bar or a leg lock where you're like right. lowering their speed mm. or like basically debuffing people as well as doing damage uh, and pinning them down. Like that would be a really cool. It, it's really annoying to me that that does not uh, exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it easily could. I feel like you definitely have to give them some sort of. Uh, there may have to be some sort of like power thing, just so that you don't get completely then hamstrung as a as a thing when you come up against like an ooze <laughs> or no, whatever. Like no. it just doesn't have limbs, you know? You can't like grapple. I would like, let you just like I squeeze the ooze until it. Well, that's <laughs> like, what I mean. But I, I mean, if you if you just like simply gave them almost like a bit of a mage hand type situation where it's like if you come up against a creature which is large or doesn't have limbs or whatever, like you can still like negotiate your way around into grapple them you know like mm. th- th- you could definitely uh, flavor something there a hundred percent this headgum podcast is brought to you by aura frames that is right uh from grandmothers to new mothers aunts even the friends of your life every mom loves an aura frame holy shit even aunts yes especially aunts oh well because it was named the best digital photo frame by wire cutter and selected as one of oprah's favorite things i mean these aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages i believe it you have an aura frame don't you yes i actually more than believe it i know it uh, i've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Should we run through? I don't think we're going to have time to do any subclasses. Well, I was just going to say, we're already like pretty far into this. That's what Um, I was going to say. Should we just run through the rest of the monk, the basic monk abilities? Yeah, let's run run through those real rapid. Then we'll do some last thoughts uh, on it and uh, and then we'll uh, Uh, wrap up. So do we want to take James? I don't know. Do you want to take unarmored movement? And then Jasper, you can do uh, monastic tradition. Uh, well, we, well, I guess we just, we'll just mention that those happen. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. What's next here? We've got key. We've got all the ways you can use key. Unarmored movement. Starting at second level, your speed increases by 10 feet while you are not wearing armor or wielding a shield. This bonus increases when you reach certain monk levels as shown in the monk table. At ninth level, you gain the ability to move along vertical surfaces and across liquids on your turn without falling during the move. Okay, sure. Um, cool. Uh, that's I, a I cool ability. Least, I like yeah, that's that. a very fun ability, but... Right, I can at least connect this to, uh, like, East Asian martial arts legendary. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's a, you know, the scene in 36th Chamber of Shaolin where uh, where Gordon Liu has to run across the the floating logs in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that at least relates to Qinggong to, uh, like lightness uh lightness training that you'd see in a Jin Yong novel. So if you're doing an Asian martial artist, uh sure. Okay. Yeah, this I guess this one makes sense. The idea that you can't do it while you're wearing armor um doesn't make any like you're able to like make your body co- so light that you can run across the surface of the water. But <laughs> If you're wearing but a try to do that in shield, leather. There's a shield on your arm. Ugh, yeah. No. <laughs> try to do that you're in some leather. No. Now. no. How dare you? No way. Uh, and I guess I guess numerically, so people know, the 10 foot increase increases to 15 feet at sixth level, 20 feet at 10th level, 25 feet at 14th level, and then 30 feet at 18th level. Which means that uh, if you're play, like most classes, will have a walking speed of 60 feet. By level so does that 18. mean an Aarakocra would have a base walking of 80? A base flying speed of 80 Base flying feet. speed of 80 feet? Yeah. And then because of Step of the Wind, you could <laughs> then dash for 240 feet. My uh, word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then we've got Monastic Traditions, which is our subclasses. We'll be uh, d- diving into those on uh, over on the Patreon. There are some, some real humdingers in there, so make sure you catch yeah, I that mean, episode. Some of I do enjoy playing. I, having played a monk, I do think it's a fun class to play, but I agree with you, Jasper. I don't, I don't agree that all restrictions are bad, which is maybe not what you're saying, but I think that they I think that the restrictions that they place on the monk over specialize it. 
Yes. Yeah. Too tied to two specific ability scores that you have to be good at or you can't function in this class is very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I think overly limiting for sure. Okay. Key. So I'll run through. Uh, so starting at third level, you can use your reaction to deflect or catch the missile. Uh, this is deflect missiles, by the way. I should have read that one uh, first. Um, when you are hit by a ranged weapon attack, uh, when you do so, the damage you take is reduced by 1d10 plus your dex modifier plus your monk level. If you reduce it to zero, you can then catch the missile. If it's small enough for you to hold in a hand, you can, uh, uh, you can at uh, if you have at least one hand free. Uh, if you catch the missile in this way, you can spend one key point and make a ranged weapon attack with the weapon or piece of ammunition you just caught as a part of the same reaction. You make this attack with proficiency regardless of your weapon proficiencies. The missile counts as a monk weapon for the attack, which it has a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. Once again, just want to point out that as long as only when an arrow is fired at a monk and it is caught, can they then throw it back? If they just yes. pick up an arrow in optimum like situation and have all the time to prepare themselves, they cannot repeat the feat. They also they, can't fire it. That's what I mean. They can't fire it in a normal sense with a bow and arrow, with a bow, but they also can't just do the same thing just, yeah. just normally. It has to have been fired at them first. Yes, exactly. Ludicrous. I like the idea of deflect missile. Yeah, but me it's, too. It's, uh, <laughs> it's why annoying. Wouldn't, why, why is this a monk ability? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because you know martial arts you saw Catch Karate Kid bullets. the next Karate Kid where right? he, where Mr. Miyagi catches the arrow that's that's yeah <laughs> they're fast and yeah. can catch things yeah yeah, yeah. This would make more sense as a ranger ability, honestly. Like you can read right. the flight of a of an arrow or whatever because it's what you do. Uh, like that, yeah. surely that makes it, it more sense. It should be. It could be. You could give it to all martial classes. Yeah, because it's essentially you trying to throw something up in front of somebody firing something at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, can't do that with the shields, but could do it with an open hand and catch the thing. <laughs> it just it's so, so you can't it do it with so the stupid. only tool that in real life allows it's you designed. to do this. It's but. designed to do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely that. So you, you can't uh, do it. I will say one fun thing about this is if you're playing in a game with guns, you oh, yeah. can just straight catch <laughs> bullets, bullets and yeah, yeah, throw yeah, yeah. them back at people. Yeah, the idea the idea <laughs> that you that like even even the strongest conceivable D&D character, like even when you get into like god levels of strength, if you could throw a bullet which has virtually no actual weight or mass to it at all at the same speed back at the target that is wild like truly your fists would be like atom bombs uh, if you all could if you could by the way there's no strength involved in throwing yeah, yeah, yeah and it's entirely dex based i guess the i guess the 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 weird logic would be here that you're like redirecting it somehow so basically saying that you move so fast yeah, that, that you, you could like pluck, spin around. You and can like, basically redirect the the bullet without it kind of. I mean, yeah. I look. I just think I get that it's fancy. I'm a hundred percent there for it. I'm. I love it. I think it's really fun. Of course, I want to catch bullets and throw them back. I am merely making the point that like when we're talking about like damage output and stuff, it's so ludicrous that you could catch a bullet and throw it back at the same velocity, but not punch someone higher than a D six. Yes. Like, 
Whoa, D4 at this or level. Or D4, sorry. D4. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want to be consistent, that's all I'm asking for is just yeah. a little consistency here. Um, monks, monks get ability score improvements at 4th level, 8th level, 12th level, 16th level, and 19th level. Uh, or, of course, you can, uh, instead of taking ability score improvement, you can take a feat. Yeah. Um, some good feats, some mobile. mobile. If you want to be even faster, it can be a yep. pretty good monk feat. Uh, I think there's a grappler feat if you really wanted to try and build a grappler build. I don't know. Is it, isn't uh, it notoriously terrible? Yeah, I feel like it is. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not super great. It's not. Super I have great. not looked at any commentary online, but it, it's it's not that good. I had. I'm I told that it references it rules that aren't actually in the game anymore. Oh no! The grappling rules are a bit like uh, very inconsistent because it's like they're, it's they're basically better than like, they were in third edition. Yeah, it's like. I, I always find unless the, the, the move is is get yourself a, a character that doesn't need to breathe, grapple, and then throw yourself into water or something. That's the move. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the one where grappling becomes, like, really effective. But otherwise, it, it's fine. Uh, also, at fourth level, you get slow fall, which I'm pretty mm. sure this is coming from, like, what, Wuxia movies, essentially? Yeah, where yeah, you that's fall the same... And- yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Qingong, lightness, lightness, tra- lightness training, yeah. Yeah, mm. basically, you can use your reaction when you fall to reduce any falling damage you take by an amount equal to five times your monk level. So when you first get this, it's get a maximum of 20 uh, points of damage. Uh, at uh, 20th level, it's up to uh, 100 points of damage. Uh, and I think this is, I think it just it generally leans into the slight confusion with this class, or the slight confusion I have with this class, where there doesn't appear to be any straight-up magic here, but I mean, this is, because if there's no <laughs> thing for you to slow slowly. yourself, how... You can be I a kickboxer <laughs> who also can fall slowly. It, like, it, like, uh, like, it's like the idea that you can, like, like... It's the idea that you can arrest your descent, that you would not continue to, like, you know, gain momentum. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing that it's, this is saying, which I, again, it, I think it's just like a, a consistency thing, right? It, it just doesn't yeah. feel consistent with the rest of the class, which is asking you to say you are a skilled martial artist. Well, it's, it's sticking with the Asian the the yes. kind of Asian the pseudo, part of the yeah, class. pseudo Asian yeah that's absolutely. what that is. that's what that that's what that is um, yeah. uh, it is at least a thing that shows up in Chinese books about martial arts <laughs> so there we which go. is more than we can say for many things about this class so <laughs> good <Yeah>. job <laughs> on well, slow well, fall well done for seeing a thing in a book once <laughs> yeah uh, uh, what do we get at fifth level James uh, extra attack. Yay. That's nice. Okay. That's good. Nice. But what there's uh, also the cornerstone monk ability that every monk abuses to heck. Oh, God, I hate this ability level. so much. I hate this ability uh, so much. Uh, it's I, arguably the best monk ability overall. Yes. Uh, stunning strike. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, it's, I can do this one if you... Uh, so starting at fifth level, you can, uh, <laughs> you can interfere with the flow of key in your opponent's body. So everyone has key. Uh, now, uh-huh. even though we've kind of established, <laughs> you know, it's a mystic force that only you can tap into. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But now everyone has it, so cool. Um, Everybody uh, has when- a midi chlorian count. <laughs> uh, when you hit a another creature with a melee weapon attack, you can uh, spend one key point and attempt a stunning strike. The target must succeed in a Constitution saving throw or be stunned until the end of your next turn. It's so such a beast, of an so good. And if you are a DM that likes to use like single enemies, it will ruin all yeah. of your encounters, as it did with me for years. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, Again, like this is like sure Chinese in Jin Yang levels. There are lots of times when uh, one wrestler will incapacitate someone or like essentially restrain someone by locking their pressure points and locking all mm-hmm. of their chi. Um, but again, that's built on like a whole medical infrastructure that this game does not have. So, yeah, it's in genre, but also like, you know, in an epic fantasy game, it also again, why can't a fighter do this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically it's, there. If you want it to be Ty Lee from Avatar or right. yeah. actually chosen in season three of Cobra Kai uh, mm-hmm. and then jo- and then Danny learns it. But yeah, like right, or right. any number of others. Yeah. Where you just hit somebody in a couple of key spots and then their limbs stop working. And if yeah. you want to play this a different way, by the way, just knock your opponent out for a round. Yeah. So you stun right. them. Literally, you punch them. You right. hit them on the button. Because in fiction, there are no there are no complications from concussions. So, yeah, <laughs> I do want to say this is uh, from a mechanical thing in, in for anybody playing a monk. The number one th- point of confusion that I've noticed when people play monks is that they think that it takes a bonus action to use a key point at all. That Ooh. is 100 percent not true. There no. are specific abilities that are, that are tied to key points that take a bonus action to use. But in the case of stunning strike, there is no bonus action involved. It's basically just a it's the monk's version of divine smite. If you hit somebody, you can then choose to stunning strike. You don't yes. have to call stunning strike before making the attack. If you hit them, you can say, I'm going to make this a stunning strike. And then yep. they have to make the con save. Yep. Uh, yep. And if yep. they fail, and this still works if you like if you punch an evil cloud. This still works. Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, of you course. can punch a you can punch a um, a gelatinous cube Ooh. and stun yeah, it and right. <laughs> interrupt the flow of key in its body. Everything now has cube. key. Yes, uh, in this but hard for, pivot for the at level five. <laughs> so, like, my <laughs> fist is traveling. Key. It doesn't have key. My fist is traveling towards it. Key enters this thing solely so that I can hit it in the key. <laughs> you give I'm it key. You in the key. Yeah. <laughs> Have some key so I can block your key. Also, uh, like if we're saying key is still breath, some of these things don't breathe. So you're yeah. just like it's like you're it's you see a pair of lungs and like a full respiratory system appear inside of the cube. <laughs> inside the gelatinous cube. Yeah. And you just, just hold so on to its lungs for rounds. Yeah. <laughs> you just hold its lungs. You're just uh, like, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it now, it's hit so it now, hit it now. <laughs> like elbow deep in this gelatinous oh, no. cube. <laughs> right. And the silly thing about this is like, if they just hadn't put that sentence in, if they just said like, starting at fifth level, you can stun people. We wouldn't be joking about this. Yeah, so. no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can, you could just say you can focus your power to like, have particularly effective strikes and you hit somebody just like, like in um, combat sports where people talk about getting hit on the button, which is like, mm, the, uh-huh. like there are certain spots where if somebody gets popped, yeah. there the, you know, like on the jaw for yeah, whatever right. I guess because of like the way it hits your brain right. and everything like that knocks your brain yeah. around you're more likely to become concussed or if and you get hit just is, in that sweet spot like below your ribs or whatever and you get properly uh-huh. winded like you'll be out for six seconds like you need to catch uh-huh. some breath yeah. do you know what I mean like that it, a it, liver yeah. shot that's Ooh. a, oh, yeah, a liver no, shot you ain't it. moving 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. forget about it. <laughs> You're just going to be folded in half. Um, um, oh, should I do a key-empowered strikes real quick go for here? It. Go At for sixth it. level. Uh, actually, you know what? No, before we go on, I'm going to, because I think this is all of the Tasha's abilities. I'm going to run through the optional Tasha's abilities really quickly because mm-hmm. the last one's at oh, fifth yeah. level. Um, so at second level, you get, this is, uh, these are all, the next abilities I'm reading right now, just for uh, context, are all optional, all found in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. There's dedicated weapon at second level, which basically lets you focus on, I believe, one weapon, any weapon. So that includes crossbows, uh, balls, yeah, muskets, uh, if you laser rifles, if you have those in your game, uh, anything, you touch one weapon, uh, this is what it says, focus your key on it, and then count that weapon as a monk weapon until you use you that feature again. just breathe on it really again. hard. Yeah, uh, it also grows lungs, and <laughs> your sword, your long sword can grow a pair of lungs, uh, but it must be, uh, uh, oh no, excuse me, it can't be anything, I'm wrong. The chosen weapon must meet these criteria, it must be a simple or martial weapon, you must be proficient with it, uh, and it must lack the heavy and special properties. But the thing is, th- this is what's confusing, when he says you must be proficient with it, you're not, monks aren't proficient with these weapons, like they aren't proficient with martial so, weapons. So what? how does that I'm wondering if there's like an errata published about wait, wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. So read the text again, because I'm what what is it? It, it says uh, so you can pick one. Uh, it says, oh, at also a second level, you train yourself to use a variety of weapons as muck weapons, not just simple melee weapons and short swords. Whenever you finish oh, a short or long okay. rest, you can touch one weapon, focus your key on it, and then count that weapon as a monk weapon until you use this feature again. The chosen weapon must meet these criteria. The weapon must be a simple or martial weapon. You must be proficient with it, and it must lack the heavy and special properties. What? But let me let me okay, see. What so, are they? So they're only use one of the abilities. To tag something as a monk weapon. Yeah, but the thing is, monks are only proficient with simple weapons and short swords. So this is, unless you, unless there's like an errata published that clarifies this, that this is like a useless ability because you can't use it with anything that a monk can't normally use because you have to already be proficient with it, but you're not proficient with martial weapons. Yeah, and also there's no benefit to it being a monk weapon other than you have it as a proficiency. Yeah. Right. There's no. Uh, you, uh, oh no! I, if, no, it scales the damage. I guess is that what well, it's saying? Yeah. But like, you should be able to use. Like I said, you should be able to use a maul. You should be able to use a great sword. Yeah. Like, that's that's the point of this ability. In reality, is to let people use other stuff. Although it it has to lack the heavy and special properties. So I guess no uh, no glaives still. No mauls still. Because um, we, uh, if there's one thing we we know about monks, they weak. Yeah, they very very weak, skinny, skinny little, right. skinny little peeps. Uh, Unless it can be lifted with only your tendons uh, and ligaments, <laughs> you can't you can't raise the weapon. Um, yeah. So I, this I, is I, like, I would say again, oh, coming from a come from a real world perspective, this is also. Uh, I hate this because, like, the reason, <laughs> like, the, the reason I like big weapons in real life is that I actually need less strength to use them. Yeah, because all of them. Mm-hmm. I have them, a right? really hard time with one-handed swords because I don't have a like a huge amount of armor or upper body strength. I really like uh, weapons like hammers and glaives and uh, like heavy stabs because I can move them mostly by using my legs. So that's the mm. advantage of having a big, heavy weapon. 
Um, if you can lift it in your hands, which doesn't take a huge amount of strength, then you can drive the weapon and make the weight do the work for you yeah. instead of having to use your own strength. Whereas like something like a, like a scimitar, um, I will have a huge amount of trouble, uh, doing that or like, like dual wielding swords, like forget it. Mm. Yeah. Um, you yeah, need yeah. Immense, immense strength to dual wield effectively. Um, and you could just like, look at, look at kendo players, everyone who, like most people don't bother dual wielding, but everyone who dual wields in Kendo has like Hulk arms. Oh, mm. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And the thing is, do you know what I think the, the misconception as well here is the fact that I think that when people think about strength, they think about like bodybuilders, whereas actually mm-hmm. like genuinely strong people usually look super lean, but their muscles are just so tight and like inc- like incredibly like well compact, and it's like yeah. it's not at all. They're not they bloated have, they have muscle and, and fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, which is quite common. Like, if you look at a lot of the strongest men in the world, they are they look like big, heavy set. Like, anyway, way, we uh, have to get through the rest of yeah, these uh, do, things yeah. at some point. I gotta say, so. key fueled attack, which yeah. is also an optional right. ability. This is at third level. If you spend one key point or more as part of your action on your turn, you can make one attack with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon as a bonus action before the end of the turn. This sounds very similar to your martial arts ability, but what this essentially means is if you just take the dash action, or, or excuse me, if you spend one key point to do anything that includes like not uh, attacking something, essentially, then you can make an, a, a one attack with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon, uh, which theoretically could also be your dedicated weapon, uh, which honestly should be homebrewed so that you can just use anything, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, but yep. yes, uh, that that's I'd say a decent ability. It gives you a little bit more facility in terms of attacking stuff, even if you're using your turn to do other things. Um, then there's quickened healing at level four. Uh, at as an action, you can spend two key points and roll a martial arts die. You regain a number of hit points equal to the number rolled plus your proficiency bonus. I don't think that's worth two key points personally. That's half nope. of your key point total. And at this level, you're rolling a d4. Wild. Your, and your proficiency bonus again. Is a fighters two. just get second so, wind, which is far superior in every single way, and they just yep. get to do that once a day. For uh, you free. might as well drink a potion. Yeah, <laughs> a potion <laughs> would uh, likely give you more. Yeah, um, <sighs> and. Uh, and then finally, at fifth level, you get focused aim. This is the uh, this is the last Tasha's optional ability. When you miss with an attack roll, you can spend one to three key points to increase your attack roll by two for each of these key points you spend, potentially turning the miss into a hit. I like that. It's like if you absolutely mm. need to hit yep. uh, and you're about to miss, but you know you're close to the things they see, you're like, cool, I'm going to increase my uh, I'm going to increase my attack roll by four uh, by spending two key points. And now it's a hit. Now you potentially win the mm. battle. Yep. I like that ability. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if it's a monk ability, but yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should, should, should any of these be specific to the monk class? Not necessarily, but at yeah. least they're fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Key empowered strikes. Starting at sixth level, your unarmed strikes count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sadly, not your uh, monk weapon attacks, uh, which I think <sighs> would make this much better. That That's would be so a weird. beast of an ability. That is so that. strange. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, you can punch a ghost, but, but you yeah, can't like, stab it. Right. 
Whatever. Because the aura, the aura that surrounds your fists cannot extend further than your fists. Yeah, but you can I still guess? you can still use key to let you use the weapon. You just can't use the key uh, through the weapon to damage the anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, at sixth level, uh, your honor. Oh no, we've already said that one. Uh, evasion at seventh level. Uh, you um, uh, you it's can the use your ability. Yes, yeah, it's basically the rogue ability uh, when you have to make a dexterity saving throw uh, and you uh, succeed by only taking half damage, you instead take no damage. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, it, yeah. It, it's and actually you take insanely half damage if you fail useful. the roll. Yeah, which is uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, and you, yeah. It's really, 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 uh, really, really actually a very, very good ability. Um, yeah. Good cool. job, Monk. Good job, Mark. Uh, seventh level, you get stillness of mind. You can use your action to end an effect on yourself that is causing you to be charmed or frightened. Very situational, but under the right circumstances, can be very, very useful. useful. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And no key points yeah, required. Not, not sure why monks have it. Well, because they're so is mystical. Like a, they can center themselves, yeah. James. Yeah, they meditate all the okay. time. James, They're immune obviously. to mind control because you of have their to. connection to the world around them in the mystic arts. <laughs> these these mystic arts, hey? If only yeah. we knew what they were. Or <laughs> Very how mystic. We don't, we so don't know mystic what kind of mysticism. They, yeah. Look, if this worked in real life on people who meditated, we wouldn't have multi-level marketing schemes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, James, do you want to do purity of body? Yeah, sure. At 10th level, we already talked about this one. Your mastery of the key flowing yeah. through you makes you immune to disease and poison. Yeah, oh, yeah. we talked about that. I guess if you could draw a line between this and something in Chinese medicine or, you know, Taoist internal alchemy, then sure. But none of that stuff is in the actually in the class. All the stuff in the class <laughs> is the punching. Mm-hmm. And yeah, vague key. So, yeah, just I don't like, know what. more so than any other class deep dive we've done. This is just us flogging. Yeah. Two hours of us just flogging yeah, this flogging, class. But not with a whip. Because we're not that's true. That's not a monk yeah, weapon. It's not a monk weapon. It's not a monk weapon. Uh, tongue uh, of the sun and moon. This is Starting, this is ridiculous. Thirteenth uh, level, you learn to touch the key of other minds, so that you understand all spoken languages. Moreover, any creature can understand a language, uh, a language, and can understand what you say. Yeah, any creature that can understand a language can understand. Uh, that can understand a language. Sorry, can understand what you say. And so at no point during the beginning of the sentence, like, do you have any idea what's going to happen next? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Touch the key of other minds. That sounds like you're using telepathy, but nah, nah, they can just understand your words. Yeah. 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 And you can understand them. I have no idea why this is in the game. (laughs) Like, not even just a monk. Like, why anybody has this. That's like no. a that's like a that's almost you could argue a Christian thing. Like if we're going back to yeah. the book of Acts, uh mm-hmm. Acts chapter two, uh when when uh the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus' mm-hmm. followers and they all start speaking in tongues, and people are like, Whoa, these people are speaking my language, even though they're not even from my country. That's what that is. That's essentially what that is. Or like you'll hear people at chur- uh, in churches claim that like when they're uh, uh, when they're preaching in other countries, even the uh, the audience will start responding to what they're saying, even before the interpreter says what they like interprets what they're saying as if like the spirit is translating what they're saying. That's that's what that sounds like to me. 
uh, rather than anything to do with anything within that's in the rest of this class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like, the, like youth pastor voice. You know who else had tongue of the sun and moon as an oh, ability? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you turn the you turn the chair around. You have like the cool youth yeah. pastor sit. You're leaning <laughs> the chair back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fourteen uh, level. You get diamond soul. Beginning at four, uh, you get proficiency in all saving throws. That's cool. Again, I actually. What? Yeah. So like, that's cool. But why? <laughs> I know. Because your soul's made of diamond, James. <laughs> you have such a mastery of key that your soul becomes diamond. That's what key does. It's part of the mysticism. Uh, <laughs> it's part of the mysticism. Uh, starting at fifteenth level. No, wait, there's more. Additionally, oh, whenever you make a saving throw and fail, you can spend a key point to re-roll it and take the second result. Sure. I like Diamond okay. Soul's ability. It just makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good ability. It's a very good ability. Wow, starting at fifteenth level, your key sustains you so that you suffer none of the fragility of old age, and you cannot be aged magically. You can still die of old age, however. Uh, in <laughs> you just don't look old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in addition, you uh, no longer need food or water. Right. Yeah, Sorry, Asian I was. Don't I was. Black I was. Don't crack. Asian don't raisin. Like that's just that. <laughs> That's this whole ability. Yeah. Imagine if there was a bl- imagine if there was an outspokenly African subclass like class that just had black don't crack as an ability. That would be so wild. So every so every every martial artist stops aging at fifteenth level. Yeah. So nobody there, there's just no old people in monasteries. Everyone just looks the same until they drop dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's it. That's if you it. see an old person, that's because they started really late. Yeah, right. <laughs> they started uh, when they were already old. Whatever. At least we. W- at least this means that we won't have the martial artist with the whole Fu Manchu mustache exactly. situation. Like, if it gets us out of that, all right, sure. That, that's that's <laughs> the reason they put this in because they were like, whoa, whoa, we should probably avoid no that. More pie so may. we'll yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll put this in. It does also negate one of the strongest ninth level spells in the entire game. There's like one uh, one of the new like time uh, like dunamancy spells, which basically you can like make someone uh, you can put someone within like a week. You can age someone so that like they're in a, within a week of dying or something, which mm-hmm. I guess you just don't. It wouldn't affect you because you can't be aged magically. So uh, it's okay. just an outrageous save for a ridiculously good ninth level spell. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Uh, what about eighteenth level, Jeremy? Well, 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 Jasper. At eighteenth <laughs> level, you get empty body. You can use your action to spend four key points to become invisible <laughs> for one minute. <laughs> During that time, I forgot this was in here. You also have resistance to all damage but force damage. Additionally, you can spend eight key points to cast the astral projection spell without needing material components. When you do so, you can't take any other creatures with you. Wow, this is basically this is this is is essentially someone going. Like and just disappearing like that's effectively what what's what this is. You turn into a ghost and then can astrally project yourself. Yeah. Again, vaguely Asian. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the invisible thing, but at least the astral projection. Mm. Is that Asian? I feel, I feel like at least in in America, it's yeah, vaguely. Like, dr- I think that's like people with dreadlocks ability. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's if you spend if you spend. Uh, 
eight weed points. I was going to say, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. You'll have at least the you will you will have at least the sensation of casting astral, yeah. astral projection. Whether or not anything happens is up to your DM's discretion. <laughs> uh, in the, in the, that reminds me of the game um, uh, Disco Elysium. There's a moment where you where you have to try and climb a ladder that's very dangerous, and they're like, they're, you're, the game tells you you can't climb this ladder. It's way too dangerous. But you could astrally project yourself, and <laughs> if you if you succeed, then your partner's like, you didn't astrally project. You didn't teleport. You just you just closed your eyes and climbed the ladder. <laughs> uh, but like they basically they did that because they didn't want to ma- animate you climbing a ladder. That's not so funny. That's in that game. That's what that <laughs> reminds me of. Uh, James, do you want to do you want to give us our capstone, our twentieth level capstone ability for this? What an ability Perfect this is! Self. Perfect <laughs> self at twentieth level. When you roll for initiative and have no key points remaining, you regain four key points. Great. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's it. Uh, can I borrow a phrase from James earlier? I hate this. Like, God, like what a terrible way. Like, a, that is your. I'm sorry. That is your twentieth level it's ability. Perfect self. How is per, the phrase "perfect self" makes me go, "Ooh, okay, what's about to happen now?" Like, are we about to be like, you gain pluses to AC, resistance to all damage? Well, I was thinking blah, blah, like blah. you, you were like immediately max out like your uh, like physical like uh, stats score. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you get. Get yeah. like twenty in strength, dexterity, and con or something. Like that's perfect right. self. For you know, short or whatever. Of time. You just become an unstoppable. No, this force is of this is at best okay self. Yeah, yes. this is like this is like oh, I woke up on like on a on a good morning self and had a, uh-huh. a glass of OJ and I feel like I can tackle the day. I've Decent got four self. extra key points today. You know what I mean? Hump day self. That's like, what I- <laughs> but this is this is the joke though. We've literally just read a ability in in eighteenth level, which is four four key points, <laughs> and the the better part of it is eight key points. So you're saying to me I can just do one of my cool things that I've got at twentieth level? This is it. Yo, yo, the only way this makes any sense, right, is if you spend all your key points, then run out into the woods and start fighting a bunch of chickens, but all in separate combats. So over so slowly over the combat, you can just regain all of your key points. That's what I would do anyway, because you yeah. get four each time you roll initiative. So you have to keep getting your DM to say, cool, roll initiative. <laughs> yeah, thank and you. Four you more, run away. And then just run away or just punch the chicken. With because, your, with you your know. 60 points of movement speed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or 80 if you're an Aracocra. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I want to say for the record. Mm. We have ripped this class up and down the block. Deservedly so, I would say, for the most part. I think these are very fair criticisms we're making. As far as playing the class, I will say I do enjoy playing it. Like, I've enjoyed playing the monk mm. when I have played one. Um, Jasper, you've played a monk a little bit. Have, would you say yeah, that you have I'm- enjoyed... I, I love it. I, I definitely have enjoyed flavoring it and realizing that there's so much more that you can do with it outside of just being a traditional, uh, yeah, monastic uh, uh, yeah. monk, I guess. Like, it's been a blast. Yeah, some of the abilities are, are really cool. Some of the subclasses are extremely cool. Um, yeah, just, uh, uh, and I uh, I would also second that I, uh, it has been, it has been fun ripping into the monk because it is also just, it is in, in, entertaining for ourselves to uh, get these things off our chests, you know? Mm. <laughs> like, it, it, it feels good, so yeah. James, have you enjoyed playing a monk the times that you have? 
I think the the one time I played a monk, it was a long, long time ago, and I didn't enjoy it. But that's because the people at the table were saying racist stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm, now that will, yeah, that That'll will do put it. A damper on just about any. Yep. Uh, like I, I made a I made a wave shadow monk. I made them a ninja. I gave them a Japanese name, and everyone kept like comically mispronouncing it. Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh no. Uh-huh. Hmm. Like uh, 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 one time by accident. Okay, but no, <laughs> no. Really it, was gonna... like it became a running gag. That's what I mean. Like, like uh, man, uh, really. Y'all yeah. can go to hell, I'm just, or, or else I'm just going to play white people for the rest of time. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I wanted to throw out, though, that there is an alternate class that someone made that I think is worth Benjamin Huffman, specifically, uh, from Sterling Vermin Adventure Company, uh, is the lead, I guess, of the company. He's the uh, this is uh, this is the pugilist class, which is, uh, I think, basically monk with the Asian stuff, like the Orientalism, more accurately, ripped out. Um, I'll send it to you guys. It's a, it's worth checking out. I think we should probably include like a link to it, but they've got like, it's got, they've got their own, um, they've got their own subclasses. They have, uh, their fisticuffs dies, uh, the fisticuff die that is, which starts as a D6 and goes up to a D12. That's some straight knuckle dusters on this page. (laughs) I was like, whoa. (laughs) Uh, you're proficient in light armor, simple weapons, improvised weapons, uh, with hand crossbow. Um, your saving throws are strength and constitution like this. It's a bit, it's different. Uh, you have, yeah, it's like the idea of this, I guess, is that you are somebody who has experience uh, fighting like on the streets, like a street fighter, essentially, uh-huh. uh, and getting in scraps. Well, and uh, I just, I just, there's a picture in here of a uh, Goliath uh, version, and what a truly, yeah. truly frightening sight. <laughs> a Goliath yeah. just like a fist, <laughs> probably the size of my head, <laughs> just careening towards me. <laughs> that would suck. So this is this is cool. This seems like uh, even if you even if I tried to make an Asian character, like if I tried to make the characters from Warrior, mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the series with Andrew Koji, like yeah, this would this would be great for a, a Warrior character um, or uh, like something from the Greenbone Saga. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, this is this is basically non-racialized. This is just you're a person who fights uh, using anything that you can have to hand. Uh, and honestly, I feel like you could probably reflavor this to work in a lot of different ways as well. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You, this could still be a monk if you wanted. It would, yeah, it would yeah. have just as much to do with monasteries as the regular monk. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there as an alternative. If somebody's looking for a monk-ish type class that is free of problematic racial content, at least as far as I'm aware, I need to look in more detail. But I have not seen anything. So, like, even the names of the abilities: Iron Chin, Street uh, Fighter, Moxie, Fight Club, Haymaker. Like, these are not racialized <laughs> statements no. or racialized yeah. ideas. So, definitely not. Um, yeah, thanks for throwing that out. And, um, and James, thank you for this truly epic episode of Three Black Halflings that <laughs> yes, we have just uh, you're been through. Uh, this was, I can absolutely say that you have lived up to the hype uh, and uh, <laughs> preceded it once more. I mean, uh, we are currently recording at two hours and 60 minutes and I can feel <laughs> Jade's burning hatred uh, for yeah. me. She's got to edit this uh, this episode. Uh, but it's all, it was such good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely 
every time you speak, I'm just like, yes, okay, I'm learning some things. I need to make some notes uh, because it's genuinely so informative. So please tell the halflings uh, where they can find uh, your stuff on the Tinterwebs and generally just get more James uh, in their life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you can find me on the internet uh, on Twitter at Lula Vampiro. You can find my website at jamesmendezhodes.com. Uh, if you want to tell me that I'm the real racist, Twitter is the most popular place to do that. Okay. If you would like to hire me to do something, uh, my website is the best uh, place to do that. I work as uh, a game writer and designer and as a cultural consultant. Uh, and even if uh, with cultural consulting, even if I cannot help you with what you're looking for, I can probably connect you to another cultural consultant who can. Um, mm. so, uh, some of my cultural consulting work that you can check out, um, there's, uh, magic, the gathering, the card game, mm-hmm. uh, I do cultural consulting on that. Um, uh, frost Haven, when that comes out, I'm the cultural consultant on that. Uh, and then, uh, for design, uh, I've got, uh, avatar legends coming out this year. Oh, you know, yeah, just, cool. just yeah. a little thing, just a little, very extremely cool thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you'd like to see what a combat system looks like. When you let me make it up, um, I I made up the the foundations of the Avatar Legends combat system, and then other people added a lot to it. Extremely um, yeah. cool. And James. you also did cultural consulting for Outlaws and Obelisks. Yes, yes, uh, so yes I that's did. Another, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we thank you so much uh, for that work uh, yes, on that show. Because it was, oh, yeah, um, just amazing and so, so great to get to talk to you as always, James. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode and uh, you want to see and hear more of our stuff, then make sure you uh, follow us on social media at TB Halflings. You can also find us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings, uh, where at some point we'll be doing a deep dive into the uh, monk subclasses. <laughs> subclasses. Uh, as well and so uh all the good the bad and the ugly that comes with those and you can also find us individually on the twitters as well jeremy where can they follow you on the twitters they can follow me at jeremy cobb one that's uh cobb with two b's cobb with two one. b's uh you can follow me at jw underscore cartwright on the twitters uh and uh yeah thank you very much uh for listening to this episode uh this was a blast and uh yeah look uh channel your key and have a great day i guess uh oh sorry i mean <laughs> breathe i meant just breathe uh <laughs> remember, have to, a great remember day. to key everyone uh, breathe <laughs> breathe yeah, i mean breathe breathe uh sorry uh so yeah we will uh see you very soon so long shire folk (laughs) so long shire folk (laughs) oh my goodness wow boy what an episode a true uh incredible Boy, what an episode. A truly incredible deep dive into uh, the monk classes and uh, all of that. So um, we may also do a little sort of top up for this one in terms of like how to play them. because We're sort of aware we didn't get into that as much in this particular episode uh, because we're obviously talking about the a lot of the context for the monks. So maybe look out for that. Uh, I said this last week, but there is a bonus episode available on our Patreon right now all about world building that we did with James Mendes Uh, That will be coming available on the main feed, but it is available right now to go and listen to over on the Patreon. So make sure you go and check that out if you haven't already. But for now, let us thank some 
patrons, some brand new patrons who signed up to patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings recently. So a huge thank you to Hannah White, Robert Long, Helen Hoffer, Millie Marai, Andrew Corliss, John Lowe, Tony Fatuni, and Kyle Bush. A huge, huge thank you to all of you who have signed up to the Patreon. And hey, if you're considering it, why not? We're going to be announcing a new stretch goal soon. We may have even announced it by the time this episode comes out. So why not help us get to that uh, goal just that little bit sooner? Thank you so much for everything, Halflings, and we will see you very soon. So long, Shire folk. That was a HeadGum Podcast.